Yeah, I'm gonna see how much I can get away with eating this yogurt ah. while we. <laughs> Am I concerned about anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my English. <laughs> oh my, please. <laughs> ma, ma. You gotta shake the sillies out, you know, ah. before you do anything. And I can see now. Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia, and today I'm here with Yaren Park. Um, we are co-workers, but Yaren's also super cool. She's getting her PhD in public policy at GW, um, and she is not from here. You're my first international guest. Oh, my God. So this is very exciting for me. Honored. Um, <laughs> you should be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, but um, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Yeren Park. I'm originally from Korea, and um, I'm studying here at George Washington University. I'm doing my PhD in public policy and public administration. My concentration is public administration and management. Um, so what, is, what else should I tell? Whatever, um, whatever else you want to share. Um, my, uh, my 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 research interests are um, participatory budgeting um, and tax morale and tax compliance issues, and I'm really pretty much interested in um, uh, various issues in international development as well. So, that's so I am. Yeah. what brought you to that? Because you you also didn't you didn't get your undergraduate degree here. You got it in Korea, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I did my undergrad in um, Yonsei University, and I majored in business administration. Mm -hmm. But after my graduation, my my um, all my professional experiences all about um, international development and public sector, mm -hmm. um, which happened to be you know pretty interesting, and I <laughs> <laughs> it just happened to be so mm -hmm. um, yeah I. Yeah, so um, that's how I uh, got really interested in these issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you start off? Did you get your master's or did you go straight to PhD? I got my master's. Got your, what did you get your master's in? International studies. In international yeah. studies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that yeah. makes sense. That yeah. does make sense. And you got that in Korea also, right? I did, yeah. So when did you come here? I came here in 2015. Okay. Yeah. And was that your first time, like, ever? coming to the U.S.? Uh, no, it's actually my second time. So mm -hmm. I was here in the U.S. in 2010 for six months. I was mm -hmm. doing um, doing the internship at the United Nations. Oh, wow. Yeah, in okay. New York City, yeah. That's so funny. I'm not that cool. <laughs> so what were you focusing on at your internship? Uh, so I worked at the division. I worked at the Global Compact Office. It's mm -hmm. So the, the Global Compact is an initiative of United Nations and business partnerships mm -hmm. and uh, corporate social responsibility. Uh, they all do all these, you know, cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they focus on, you know, labor issues, anti-corruption, human rights, and how business, how businesses can focus and concentrate on, you know, addressing these issues. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so that made you, did, after doing that internship, were you like, it's time to get my PhD? Do you want to, like, teach 
do you want to, what do you want to do? I think you said you want to do more of the research side, right? Yes, that's okay. right. So after I finished my internship, I came back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished my master's degree. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a really difficult time <laughs> writing my master's thesis. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, I, I got a job mm-hmm. at a public research institution in Korea. It's called uh, Korea Development Institute. And um, after, uh, while I was working there, um, you know, it, all sorts of fascinating things happened there. But, you know, at the, at the same time, I thought, you know, I should get more um, expertise knowledge. I should mm-hmm. be really, you know, uh, I should really equip myself with all these research and analytical mm-hmm. skills. So it's probably time that I should, you know, pursue uh, a PhD degree. So. And you were like, did you did you only apply to GW or did you apply to other places? I applied to other places, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, I was accepted to uh, two other schools. Mm-hmm. But you know, considering um, things, I thought GW is the best option. What were those things that you were like? Okay, I'm gonna pack up my life and come to GW. Um, definitely the location. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is you know where all these policy making, politics happen here mm-hmm. right now right at this place uh, so I thought it would be really interesting to witness all things around me that's mm-hmm. happening here in DC and I really like the curriculum here mm-hmm. and the professors yeah like the faculty yeah so um, I thought there should be a lot of things to learn from mm-hmm. this program so I chose this school <laughs> and what was your what was like your biggest worry coming oh to school here because I I, like that's the four months that Mm -hmm. I yeah how long did four or five months that I like lived abroad for Uh like studying abroad yeah I was like very nervous but like Uh you're like I'm gonna commit to Mm -hmm. DC for years (laughs) yeah definitely the culture Uh, Mm -hmm. what I say by culture is um, like educational like classroom culture Mm -hmm. it's definitely different from what we have in Korea Mm -hmm. because you know what I see, what I always see here is, you know, professors and students always um, interact and um, engage in very active discussions. But I thought I myself is not quite ready for that mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, um, I was taught in a very pretty passive ways, you know, mm-hmm. taking or receiving like knowledge from like like kind of a unilateral manner Mm -hmm. whereas here it's always you know it's very active here Mm -hmm. so um I always thought like oh what if I you know what if I stay quiet would you know other students think I um not very you know capable of yeah you know um studying here or um you know engaging in discussions but you know um but after some time um I got over Mm-hmm. I, I overcame that fear, so um, it's pretty. Comf- I feel it's. I feel pretty comfortable now. Yeah. Like raising your hand. Y- and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I know that's something that it wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't until I came to grad school mm-hmm. that um, I had professors acknowledge other students that like maybe don't like to talk as much in class because you know mm-hmm. that's always been a thing. It's like participation is part of your grade. Yes. And so it's like, well, if you're not raising your hand all the time or da da da, then it's like you're not participating, mm-hmm. you're not engaged. Mm-hmm. But it's like not everybody is mm-hmm. super talkative. That doesn't mean they're not engaged or know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> that just means like they're not yeah. super yeah. 
right. integral like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. in that in that way mm-hmm. did you find like that was like a hindrance at first did you feel like professors like kind of pressured you to chat or did you feel like they left you to your own devices no, I didn't feel any pressure mm-hmm. it was just myself mm-hmm. um, you know having to deal with that sort of um, you know pressure mm-hmm. it's not it's, it's not a pressure from you know anybody else mm-hmm. it's just myself you mm-hmm. know so um, one of the solutions I came up with was um, after I have done with all the readings um, I started writing down um, important points in bullets mm-hmm. so that really helped me out uh, helped me um, uh, to speak out in classes mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you know discussions can uh, discussions do not go as I you know kind of expect <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> you know, these kind of um, solutions really helped I think. Did you find that there were different perspectives than coming from Korea to here because like you have such a different and unique experience I think than so many of the students here mm-hmm. and like even for someone that grew up in this country but I grew up like in an immigrant household mm-hmm. and and I'm also like I'm black so like I had very different perspectives did you have that same kind of feeling in the classroom or just in general walking around mm, but that kind the difference in perspectives like comparative perspectives are really respected here mm-hmm. in you know this program um, so I was really worried at first that I have, you know, I have a zero background in, um, you know, public administration history mm-hmm. in the United States. So I was really concerned about that. But, you know, um, when professors um, asked ask us, like, discussion questions, mm-hmm. I started talking about um, what we do we, uh, in Korea. Yeah. Like what our history is like, you know, what our system of public administration and policy making is like in Korea. So um, I was concerned about those first, but then um, professors really, you know, appreciated mm-hmm. uh, 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 for me doing that, you know, bringing in a very different and comparative perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Was that... did? Did you do that right away? Because I know you said you like it took you a little bit to mm. kind of overcome talking class. Not, not right away. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a lesson learned for yeah. uh, after about oh, like two or three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, maybe I should just, like, tell yeah. them that yeah. in Korea we do yeah. things different. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What was, I guess, overall, not just like in the classroom, but what was overall the biggest culture shock when she stepped off that plane? You're oh. like, oh, culture shock. Hmm. Knowing that you were going to be here for mm-hmm. years on end, not just like a six month internship. Uh huh. Like, peop- so in Korea, like, um, it's in our educational kind of curriculum, we were mm-hmm. always taught that uh, um, we're hom- homogenous. Mm-hmm. But here, in, people are very, very, you know, it was really, really diverse. I was, mm-hmm. you know, very um, surprised at the the level of diversity mm-hmm. and also I, I would call it inclusivity right mm. here um, so yeah that was it yeah that was the Did biggest you, yeah. so you found the US uh-huh. inclusive mm-hmm. really that's such an interesting perspective really? <laughs> well no because I mean there's uh-huh. many people here would like argue differently that uh-huh. the US isn't so we all like I mean there's you know there's many different colors and flavors mm-hmm. and like we're all like we all are unique and different mm-hmm. and whatever, but I guess we wouldn't think like 
we feel included in every single space. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that you came in and mm-hmm. you were like, I feel included. So um, about the inclusivity, um, as an international student, and um, probably um, I would be really hard to be fully absorbed into the society. But what mm-hmm. I what I have been witnessing over past uh, uh, slightly over three years was that. Um, it's very dynamic, mm-hmm. you know. People um, engage in very active debates and discussions over very, you know, various like issues. Mm-hmm. So this was something that I haven't quite uh, seen in um, Korea. So mm-hmm. I thought that was very, very dynamic, and that that's what I meant by um, um, this society has pretty much inclusivity. So the so like the allowance of being able to like speak out and kind of speak your mind versus Korea Mm -hmm. where like that's not really as accepted. Uh huh. Okay, that no, that's Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Uh No, and I think it's interesting because I think that some people Mm -hmm. also here would like beg to differ. Uh So it's interesting that you can see that we have that ability to kind of say what we want. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas some others would be like, no, Mm -hmm. like we're super. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. suppressed in some aspects mm-hmm. of saying what we want mm-hmm. which like I think we do have a lot more freedom than I think in terms of speaking our minds some people mm-hmm. give us credit for mm-hmm. <laughs> or, give, or give themselves credit for yeah no but I uh, I think that's a good way to yeah. get a way yeah. to look at our inclusivity yeah yeah that's cool yeah that was what I was meant to say <laughs> uh, my impression at first like mm-hmm. you know what I mean right you did you did that impression change as you were here longer or do you still find it? Um, well, for me, as an international student, mm-hmm. um, I guess that perception has been kind of changed. Mm. You know, um, uh, I couldn't be like um, like you guys. You know, I have a, like, um, I have a lot of pr- pretty much inst- a lot of restrictions on um, on my work and you know mm-hmm. all sorts of things. But so far, I haven't gone any undergone any like. Um, um, like negative experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so switching gears a little bit, from from being here, has have you discovered something like a new passion, or have you found something that you're able to explore more, maybe that you weren't able to in Korea? Well, that's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Um, the level of, you know, individuals as like public citizens being mm. engaged into, um, you know, public policy making, and mm. you know, so far my, um, for my research uh, interest, one of the the biggest research interest is um, um, how you know citizens engage into um, budgetary decision making and how they are willing to express their um, budget preferences mm. and you know policy priorities um, that I think that's a very um, it, um, interesting area and sort of pretty much understudied um, area I would <laughs> guess um, in Korea we talk a lot about um, these issues um, recently but uh, we need more like um, kind of a systematic inquiry um, mm-hmm. um, investigation into these issues so I mm-hmm. think and I think we here you have really good practices mm-hmm. uh, in many places so um, it's definitely 
um, one area that I would really um, look deep down into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And does your family study like a similar? Are they working kind of in the similar realm as you? Or they can like completely so, different? Yeah. So my dad, he is he did his undergrad in public administration. Oh, so okay. It's like it's a it's a family. It's a family, family business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah. And your and your mom, is she? She studied a completely different. Um, she studied art and paintings. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, you have both sides. Well, that like I think that kind of makes sense mm. because you're also like really interested in music. Yes, I I am. Yes, yeah. what y'all don't know is I turn over and sometimes Zirin's not doing work. <laughs> she's like looking, but like in the best way because she yes. works so hard all the other time. <laughs> But you're like looking at music and because you play piano. Yes, right? I do. Yeah. So where did you find that love? Um. So I, as a kid, I took lessons mm-hmm. for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started taking lessons when I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it for the like from f- for, for a short period of time, but then after that, it has become a really a uh, uh, like really painful because mm-hmm. my teacher was very very strict mm-hmm. and um you know she when I, whenever i make mistakes she used to hit me on the hand really? she did it's like a spartan kind of way um to educate you know children so um i didn't really enjoy it at the at the time but after so i after i quit my lessons i didn't um i didn't play i haven't played piano for almost what 20 years mm-hmm. But then it was just um, two years ago that, you know, um, so I figured out that here in the music department, they offer students, um, um, so if you, pay, if you pay a small fee, you can use the practice rooms um, for unlimited for a semester. So, um, so I, ju- I figured out and I thought, um, no, why is some, so I need some, so I thought I need some fun in my life, fun yeah. things in my life. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, why don't I just, you know, start playing it again? Mm-hmm. So I started playing again. I, uh, I've been, um, I'm mostly self-taught mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, I just started um, getting good music, t- uh, music notes, music mm-hmm. sheets. Um, so, and yeah, it's been, it's been going on for, it's, it's been going on since then. Yeah. So that's kind of like your outlet, because I think yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> being in grad school, or I can imagine like getting your PhD yes. is like a whole nother level. Of, yes, yeah, that's a whole nother level of stress. Commitment. Very, yeah, yeah. I'm, ooh, I say it every episode. But mm. I'm very tired. Mm. Like it's it's it definitely is like a whole nother yeah level. And you find that did that did it kind of like help your soul like in a way you know like did it like course yeah yeah yeah, of course of course it's a brings a lot of energy to my life Mm -hmm. um i listen to a lot of you know different pianists playing different Mm -hmm. pieces and um you know whenever i hear a piece that Mm -hmm. i really like i get the music notes Mm -hmm. and music sheets and i start playing that piece and whenever i'm done with that piece that you know that joy Mm-hmm. That that feeling of happiness, it it's 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 really something, you know. Yeah. And where where do you fit it in in your schedule? Um, I take it very seriously, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, 
I have a, I have this plan that I would like to really like to participate in um, one of the amateur piano, piano competitions mm -hmm. one day sometime very soon mm -hmm. probably like two years after mm -hmm. like two years later or it can be a year later mm -hmm. right from now on mm -hmm. so um, I take it very seriously so I um, you know I spend an hour and a half an hour a day or an hour and a half a day to you know just concentrate on my practicing do you really I do where do you find this time um you know I can manage time <laughs> you have a whole man I need you to set up my day planner because I truly yeah. I wish I had an hour of time to uh -huh. like commit to something I love passionately. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. Is it is the music studio open 24 hours? I believe so. Um, I haven't been there um, late at night, but mm -hmm. I mostly go there uh, before dinner time. Mm -hmm. So um, after I'm done with my work. Work, yeah, um, after work. Yeah, I always go to music department and you know, practice and mm -hmm come back and have dinner and at night I, I concentrate on my studying <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so you said that you started playing piano when you were younger but then you stopped because you're like I, I can't do with the no. hitting of the hands so this is nonsense <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but growing up in Korea was that was that part of like your culture to you know play some type of instrument or be involved yes. some in some type of yeah so was it weird when you quit? No, it wasn't weird because I thought I have, I have committed pretty much considerable amount of time mm -hmm. to um, playing piano. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't weird, but just that I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and did your, did your sister... Yes, she did. Yeah. Did she continue with it? Or no. Did she quit. She quit when you <laughs> She's like, "Girls out, I'm out." <laughs> so I do want to talk a little bit about what it was like growing up in Korea because mm -hmm. that's such an experience that like I've never heard anything about. Uh -huh. And so, what what was your childhood like? Not to get too like couchy, like uh. <laughs> tell me all your childhood, like. But what was that like for you? My childhood, mm -hmm. all I can remember was, you know, studying, studying, studying. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I played uh, piano as well, mm -hmm. because in Korea, you're kind of expected to excel at everything mm -hmm. in every part of, um, I mean, in, in every area mm -hmm. you know like studying playing music um, um, playing sports so mm. yeah did you did you feel a lot of that pressure like kind of externally or did you feel it internally like in your home did you feel like there was like a lot of pressure well this is the thing I always am grateful for my parents mm -hmm. is that they were never you know they they never they have never put pressure on me. Mm. So no, they they were supportive, but they weren't oppressive. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of an external thing. Mm -hmm. You know, in school, you know, your peers, your mm -hmm. teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So was it kind of 
it, it was such a competitive environment like yes. within school mm-hmm. so it so it, I don't know did you how did how did that make you feel like I don't know I feel like growing up and having people pressure on you like if you get lower than an A that could be mm. like psychologically really damaging very very did you have any of that happen to you if you don't want me asking or, or was it because you had like a home life that I wasn't crazy mm. like oppressive in mm. that way did, did that balance you out yeah I remember when I was in middle school I I was literally wailing after that I figured out um, among like 30 exam questions I got one question wrong mm. uh, it was math test and I was literally wailing mm. because it just um, it was really difficult to take it that I got mm. one <laughs> exam question yeah. wrong. But, you know, to look back, it's nothing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I mean, of course. Like, it is. Because yeah. here you are, getting a PhD in America. We're fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so, like, if you were the one that got the one question wrong, uh-huh. that means usually people got everything right. So how mm. how did that play out? Because if everybody was getting everything right... Mm then how would you know who's the best? Not that you need to know who's the best, but, like, mm-hmm. if that was the goal, mm-hmm. how do they even quantify that? Because they, the teachers used to tell us the rankings. Really? In classes. And in, in you know, um, in, in, in your grade as a whole, yeah. You get to know your rankings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's really difficult to take it when your ranking gets low mm-hmm. um, after a test uh, so it's yeah it was always like that <laughs> did that did that bleed into like difficulty like making friends or um, at times yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 because you know when things get really really competitive mm-hmm. you know people start to you know not like each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just so, yeah, I don't know. That's so interesting yeah. to me, yeah. just on that level. Yeah. Did you have, I mean, also because I don't know a lot about Korean culture, except that, as I say many times, your skincare is on point. And, um, <laughs> and your food is also excellent. That's like a big step. Yeah. But um, is there, were there, like, divisiveness between genders and in terms of, like, what it's like to be a woman in Korea versus what it's like to be a man. Mm. Did you see those kind of gender norms play out, or is there certain societal pressures because you're a woman? Uh, in your school life? Or just in life in, in general. general. Yeah, yes, in yes, yes. <laughs> I, I sort of am facing that kind of pressure right now as well mm. yeah from on the american side or no, more no, so no. from like com- coming from the korean side of course korean side yes <laughs> <laughs> of course it's listen no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as being a woman in mid-30s mm-hmm. oh mid-30s already yes <laughs> okay guys you don't understand she looks fabulous <laughs> like when she when you told me your age the first time it messed me up you remember how much it, i was like we like stopped talking about it. I'm pretty sure I, tried. I was like, really, really. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because you would, you would never know. Oh. But continue. <laughs> yeah. So before I came here to study, mm-hmm. I a lot like several people were telling me that uh, you shouldn't go mm. because you know because at the time I was uh, in my early thirties, and then um, people were saying. What are you thinking, girl? You you know you should you know look for a man and you know mm-hmm. get married and get settled down. 
um, it's mo- mostly like elderly people who yeah. were telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course my peers, they're really, they're just like me, you know, mm-hmm. very, um, you know, pretty, pretty progressive. Um, uh, they believe in a lot of empowerment through, you know, education, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. But, you know, that kind of pressure, uh, the, the societal norms, mm-hmm. um, of course, it's really changing nowadays. Mm-hmm. But you know, you still have that. Um, what do you say? Like a, I would say it's like a generational gap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so are a lot. So a lot of your friends aren't married. So that did no. that? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, well. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you from a young age told that like you were to like go to school then get married? Was that kind of the mantra or? Or was it until, like, you reached a certain age and they were starting to, like, get worried, quote-unquote? I would say the latter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when, so when you were younger and maybe, like, more, like, school age or just, you know, like, in your teens, what was the kind of pressures that were put on you as a woman? As a woman. Or a young lady, as my mother would say. Oh. Um... Or do you feel like you were treated pretty equally? There is more of an egalitarian society. Well, I guess my in my in my family, we, you know, my my parents did their best to you know, mm-hmm. um, to educate and treat us that we are equal, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it really interesting. Sometimes I I think my mom, my mother, mm-hmm. she also has, um, in her internal self, she mm-hmm. has this class show of values mm-hmm. so she's really concerned you know that her elder daughter um, you know oh, my elder daughter should get married and look for a good man you know mm-hmm. but then at the same time she really supports and understands that mm-hmm. uh, of what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. so it was that but you know as a society in general we have this kind of these kind of expectations that you are expected to do at a certain age. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like um, in um, in your twenties, you should mm-hmm. go to a good college, mm-hmm. uh, and when you graduate in like in your early early twenties, you should get a really good job, mm-hmm. and um, after that, in like um, mid to late twenties, you should get married. Mm-hmm. Um, find a good spouse and uh, you know after that you should get kids mm-hmm. have kids you know that that um, those kind of expectations mm-hmm. that you are supposed to do at a certain point of age mm-hmm. we have that mm-hmm. we have those and um, yeah it was pretty so I, th- I think of myself as um, <laughs> as a person that kind of um, um, who has not you know, made up those kind of expectations mm-hmm. um, of, of what I'm expected to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but you know, I don't feel I don't feel bad about it at all. No, 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 no. I think that mm-hmm. maybe it's more of a society wanting you to feel bad. Yes, to yes. Having not reached certain exactly mm-hmm. quote unquote goals <laughs> of like certain, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's nonsense. Uh, <laughs> 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 Did you have like? Um, did you have like women in in powerful political roles like within your country? Was it or were there like certain jobs that it was like no no this is like a man job? Were you ever told like no like this is like a a male 
kind of role. Oh, interesting. Um, so, women's um, women's political roles they are mm-hmm. starting to increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting to grow. And I think it's a good um, phenomenon. Um, let's see. I think there are some professions that um, like. With traditional perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, men are not supposed to do this kind of profession, or women are not supposed to do this mm-hmm. kind of profession. It still exists, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you felt an overall sense of not just like from your home life, but like from society at large. Did you, growing up, did you feel like an overall sense of equality, or did you feel? marginalized because of like maybe like maybe even like your class status in terms of like economic economical status Mm -hmm. or um or did you feel marginalized because of your gender Mm -hmm. or you know what I mean did Mm -hmm. you or did you feel like it it was pretty egalitarian across the board um I would say I haven't I have never ever felt that I was marginalized Mm -hmm. but it's just you know the cultural Societal norms mm-hmm. against women mm-hmm. on certain you know aspects, mm-hmm. yeah, you know like women's age, mm-hmm. you know women's uh, you know marital status should be this 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 you know what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm saying right, yeah, and was it kind of like a all of that so all of the like pressure to like study and do the best and <laughs> and certain um, yeah. status that you should have as a woman when you came to the U S did you kind of feel like a sense of relief like a Oh yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. When, can you pick out a moment when you were just like, "This is different," you know? You were like, "This is a different." Uh-huh. I can I can kind of breathe mm-hmm. more deeply now when you came over here. Oh, mm, there weren't many people who were asking whether I'm married. Mm. <laughs> like, how old are you? Are you yeah. married? You're doing your PhD? Wow, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You just found the response was was different. Yes. To all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in terms of like coming here and you felt that kind of relief. Did you have you branched out in the sense of like hearing from other people, kind of the opposite feeling. In the, in the sense of, like, other, like, people that you've met here, like, you come here and you find it mm. as such a relief mm. compared to what, oh you know, you were having. Have oh. you met friends here, other oh. people that are like, no, but, like, we still have all these oh. things to kind of conform to? Yeah, some of my Korean friends still mm-hmm. have those kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, what I hear from them saying is that, you know, here it's, you know... We have a lot more, you know, freedom. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, free from those kind of stereotypes. Yeah. But as Korean, we are supposed to do these, these, these. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? So it's yeah, it's that. It's that kind yeah. of feeling. Mm-hmm. And comparatively to maybe in Korea, mm-hmm. everything that's got kind of going on now in society, like, do you think any of this would fly? Oh. In Korea. Um. Yeah, I think as I said, um, like younger generations, they are being more progressive. Mm-hmm. They're more, um, they believe in more egalitarian role of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say this, but women excel <laughs> <laughs> in all sorts of areas. <laughs> yeah, 
mean, we're pretty fabulous. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, like um, the, the majority of diplomats are becoming uh, are like women yeah. nowadays. Um, women are taking more um, leadership roles mm-hmm. and responsibilities in all sorts of areas. I think it's really a positive thing. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to travel back with your degree and kind of? work there once you're finished with your degree here or are you mm-hmm. looking more to stay here and do you feel it's a possibility um i'm open to all sorts of options mm-hmm. um yeah so whenever well, i mean wherever um wherever the god may lead me then there's mm-hmm. my place actually <laughs> yes <laughs> if you had to pick like kind of your dream role after uh-uh. getting your phd mm-hmm. what would it look like um so so before, here's an interesting thing. Before I started my PhD, mm-hmm. I have never ever thought of myself as being a teacher mm. because I've always thought that I don't have good teaching skills. <laughs> but these days, I'm more and more interested in, you know, getting teaching experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm, I'm working with um, a lot of... Um, masters in public policy, masters in public administration students. Mm -hmm. And um, what I do is um, advising them on, you know, um, uh, designing good uh, research designs and methods Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, coming up with good results. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So I'm, these, these days I am thinking in between going into the academia and going into the field. Mm -hmm. So... As I said, you know, I'm lo- really open to a lot of different lot of options. options. Mm-hmm. But um, also, I would really love to do some research jobs in, um, you know, a lot of different think tanks mm-hmm. around here or international organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing that I very much want to talk about <laughs> before we get to the last question uh-huh. is your food obsession because the fact that we have not talked about this okay mm-hmm. this girl has introduced me to so much food <laughs> since I've met her and it's delightful um, oh good so tell me your favorite restaurant that you've been to since moving here in DC mm-hmm. um so my kind of definition of a good restaurant is mm-hmm. that it's, it's a restaurant that makes you want to go back Mm-hmm. Again and again, and um, I have several. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really like the market lunch at mm. Eastern Market. Mm. They have these fabulous um, brunch options. Mm-hmm. I love their um, buckwheat pancakes, <laughs> and they have amazing crab cake Benedict, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Ooh. Yeah, I can be about that. <laughs> And one of the places, one of the other places that I go frequently is um, the Fauviette in Columbia Heights. I think I've seen it. Yeah. I don't think, I haven't been there, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Fauviettes, they have an amazing um, lemongrass spicy pho. Mm -hmm. It's really delicious. And so what has caused you to, like, love food so much? Like... Because that's, that's something you talk about, mm. I feel like, more than anything else. Like, I knew, <laughs> I knew about the food before, like, the piano playing, before I think I knew what you were getting your PhD in, like, before. So what, what makes food such a big... You know, food is a really big deal in Korean culture. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, sharing. 
mm-hmm. um, through food, sharing what you, uh, what you cook, sharing what you have. Um, our eating culture is really, you know, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a big influence from my mom, I think. Mm-hmm. She's a great, uh, actually, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing cook. And that just, you know, um, that has kind of inherited down to my mom and then um, at first, I didn't have a, like I had a zero interest in cooking while mm-hmm. I was in Korea. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Korea nowadays, uh, in television shows, mm-hmm. we have a lot of um, you know cooking shows, mm-hmm. and it's it has become a huge you know kind of fab in mm-hmm. Korea. And um, what when I was watching these kind of shows, I was like, yeah, maybe I can I can do some of the things like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried. Mm -hmm. you know doing things through you know getting recipes in Mm -hmm. the internet or like uh, YouTube it was really fun so from then on I really started um, cooking and Mm -hmm. I found so much joy in that Mm -hmm. in doing that so yeah and then you're like I have to go to all the restaurants yes yes in all the land yes (laughs) yes I think culture, I think food is such like a lovely way to spend time mm-hmm. with one another, yes. like breaking bread, mm-hmm. you know, eating a meal together, sharing in mm-hmm. that, enjoying in that, or not enjoying in that, but knowing you tried it. Mm-hmm. I uh, you give so many good recommendations. The Rolling Cow I eat there probably too often. <laughs> often now, it's it's so good. It's good. They're good. So yeah. flippant good. <laughs> anyway, I digress. But yeah, I think. I think hearing about your food obsession was when I was like, I think I'm going to like this girl. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> well, because someone else who understands and like, yeah. wants to try new restaurants and oh. such. That's so important. It it's is very, very important. I'm glad someone else who understands how yeah. important that is. Thank you. Yeah, I really love the saying, you are what you eat, right? Mm-hmm. I really love that saying. And, um, you know, these things, you know, eating, cooking, um, playing piano mm-hmm. you know it's all about happiness right mm-hmm. my i have a really good my best friend uh in the i have a, a really good friend in the same program mm-hmm. she told me the key to success in this phd program is finding happiness mm-hmm. and it's you know i do these i enjoy these things because i really want to pursue happiness mm. yeah <laughs> so deep. Uh, love it. Uh, so the last question I have uh-huh. is, how do you define being a woman or womanhood? Privileged. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's um. Well, at times it can be different. I, I mean, difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you have to fight all these stereotypes and you know prejudices against you, but. Oh, so okay. So, and uh, additionally, as being a woman, and also a policy researcher, and you know, a researcher in general, I think my important role is to um, never lose track of any like important issues or concerns that are affecting women around the world. So, um, last week I went to this um, awesome conference uh, hosted by Care. Um, it was about the worldwide impact of Me Too movement on y- women and young girls around the world. So it was all about, um, so Me Too movement has been really prevalent in the global 
northern hemisphere, but what about the women in the global south hemisphere, right? So um, they should have their voice and they should exercise their rights and they should have the appropriate um, institutional kind of mechanisms to, you know, um, voice their concerns. So as being a woman and a researcher, um, I think it's really important to um, identify or figure out issues um, and um, a lot of different concerns that are um, affecting um, women around the world. So I think that's one of the most important or critical critical role as a woman um, that I should you know always keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I guess I find so much strength when I overcome these kind of mm-hmm. barriers and challenges, mm-hmm. and that's what I call as a privilege. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So. I love that answer. I've never heard anyone call it a privilege and talk really? about. Yeah, well, like I guess the way in which you talk about it, mm-hmm. it being a privilege is unique to how mm-hmm. others talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. everybody and we are back it's your host Natalia and I'm here with Yuren and today we are going to do the segment Shiro's and Zeros um, this is a segment where we just highlight women that we think are just out there being incredible or slightly shame um, somebody else that is being an awful person that's a zero but today we're doing <laughs> what that's what we do okay. listen I'm not ashamed to say it um, and so this week, um, I'm going to have Yarn start first with your Shiro. Okay, so a couple of months ago, I attended this awesome fundraising concert that was happening um, at the Anderson House. It's close to DuPont Circle. And it was a fundraising concert for um, this nonprofit foundation, um, which helps um, trafficked women um, to you know, help them to to get access to healthcare, um, to access to very different um, um, you know um, needs, mm-hmm. and empower them basically. And it the the foundation is run by uh, this classical pianist. Um, her name was Jennifer Hemstra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought she was amazing. I really admire these uh, people. These kind of people who believes in um, social justice, social changes, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So the concert, does she, like, bring in different pianos and they all play and, like, all the proceeds go to? So it was like a, it was a quartet. Mm. So um, there were, there was a violinist, oh, no, there were, it was, it was a quintet, actually. There was a, there were two violinists, um, cellist, and the violist, so it's and the mm-hmm. pianist, so that makes it four, five, right? Um, and they just, you know, they all they travel around the world to different mm-hmm. places, and they hold concerts and they do fundraising, mm-hmm. yeah, for good purpose. And it was all started by this, yes. by this woman. Yes, is it from like her own personal experience, or she just like saw the need and she was like, "We have to do a thing." Yeah, 
yeah, that was the thing. And um, I think she set up a foundation at first um, for her granddad's will, I think. Mm -hmm. So she started off um, with that, but you know, she's doing all sorts of amazing things. And um, that concert, I really, what I really liked about that concert was they played musical pieces composed by women composers. Mm. Yeah, so it was a very eye-opening experience. Mm -hmm. It was an eye-opening experience for me because I have never heard ever heard of these amazing women composers. Mm -hmm. So they were from like um, uh, the United States. Um, I forgot uh, the other country where she was from. Um, it was from like a Central, Central Asian mm -hmm. country. Um, so yeah, all sorts of different women composers, mm -hmm. and I thought that was really amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's the name of the woman again who does it? Jennifer Hemstra. Hemstra. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm gonna. I'll post a link in the show notes mm -hmm. so people like I'll. Yeah, has a website the link to yeah. the to the show so yeah. people can learn more about yeah. it because yeah. that that's cool. Like yeah. I one, she's like mm -hmm. I think a classically trained pianist is probably not on everybody's mm. radar yeah, so yeah, yeah. whatever platform she has which yeah. I'm sure like people who are in that uh -huh. sphere like you that like mm. love that mm. um, know about her and I think it's cool that she's like using her platform in that yeah. way to yeah to highlight this issue of course and it was really really inspiring for me because I do believe that music um, music basically tells you um, fundamental stories, mm -hmm. motivations, emotions about yourselves. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the interest areas that I have is to link music to international development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would like to, in the future, in the very far future, I would like <laughs> to do. I would lo really love to do a similar thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, to you know, make a make a nonprofit that empowers women through musical education mm -hmm. because I believe that music is a very strong tool to kind of express and say out loud about themselves mm -hmm. so I thought that was pretty amazing she was very, very inspiring so I would like yeah. to thank her for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah setting the trailblazing is that the word yes trailblazing uh, mm -hmm. yeah no that's really cool because I've never yeah. heard of some I've heard of like benefit concerts but uh -huh. not I think that is like just a unique mm. form that I don't mm -mm. think I really hear about mm -mm. a lot. And also, yeah. it was awesome that she highlighted female composers yes. in this woman-centered yes. event. Yeah, which yeah. is which is really great. It's amazing. I think, yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. like the the most un not mm -hmm. the most unique thing about it, but mm -hmm. like a unique mm -hmm. in the sense that mm -hmm. I think like a lot of mm -hmm. other benefit concerts don't mm -hmm. necessarily like do that. So yeah. I think that's really rad. Yeah. So I got to know uh, women composers like Amy Beach. Mm -hmm. um, Florence Price, Elena katz um, and all of these pieces were pretty much undiscovered. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it came into mm -hmm. limelight because mm -hmm. of, you know, them. It's really amazing. Yeah. 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 This is, as, it's like, while we have this benefit concert all going on, let me also slide your attention to these incredible women yeah. composers. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And that's such, that's something I've never heard. You taught me something. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so this week, my shiro uh -huh. is um, Taraji P. Henson, uh -huh. um, who is just, I, I stand for her. Oh, I, God. Uh, yeah. She's such a queen. Yes. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you're like, yes, no, yes. just 
facts. Um, <laughs> and it's because she, well, I mean, one of the many reasons that, like, I love her, she is actually starting a nonprofit um, foundation that is um, to address the mental health stigma mm-hmm. in the black community. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be named the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation. It's Ooh. named after her dad who oh. struggled with mental illness all uh-huh. his life. Oh. Um, yeah, so she she wanted to start this foundation um, because because of that fact. Like, in the black community, it's so stigmatized of, like, seeking help for mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you growing up, like, in an immigrant household, it's like depression, anxiety. Like, that doesn't exist. You just need to get it together kind of thing. Um, so it's really awesome that she is creating this mm. for her community that she comes from because she saw, like, mm. how much it affected mm. her life mm. and, like, how much it affects other people in the black community. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, I just think that's, like, super, super rad. And I truly don't think this got enough attention. Like, oh, I heard, okay. like, the fact that she's starting this, like, I, I don't think it got enough attention because, mm-hmm. like, other articles I read besides this one, they... They, they're usually referencing a, a ready article that was already written about mm-hmm. it, not, like, their own kind of, like, investi- investigatory mm-hmm. kind of lens. Um, but she announced this a couple weeks ago, um, I think, like, in an article she did with the LA Sentinel. So um, I'm really excited to see this come to fruition, and hopefully it can become, like, a national thing, because I think right now it's just going to be based out of LA. Because I think that's where mm-hmm. she's based, of course. Mm-hmm. But hopefully this can, like, lead to mm-hmm. the sprouting of other types of mm-hmm. foundations like this. Yeah. And because she has such a platform mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of her fans are people of color, like, mm-hmm. hopefully they're like, oh, okay, if Taraji's doing it, then maybe I can do this too. Or, like, I can, mm-hmm. you know, get myself checked out, get myself the help mm-hmm. that I need. Because mental health... Uh, mental illness and mental health um, is such a problem in mm. the black community and mm. in terms of like not addressing it mm. um, and we just like don't talk about it uh-huh. and so I mm. really I just like really appreciate anybody who's like coming out of the mm. gate and being like no like we need to talk about this and we need to take mm. ownership mm. of our mental health so we can like succeed more also because Taraji P. Henson just yeah queen by her name it's she's she's awesome she's just awesome like i mean i honestly i probably could just like do this segment because yeah. of who she is even if she wasn't mm. starting this but i i think like highlighting someone who's out there and like really giving back to like her personal community and where uh-huh. she came from like it's just it's it's truly so wonderful to it see is. yeah it's like it's it shows that, like, okay, like, I made it somewhere, and, like, I'm going to use what I can and do what I can to help lift others yes. up. And that's exactly what she's doing. And I just want to highlight her because I don't feel like she gets enough credit for the amazingness that she is. Or, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that she's starting this foundation. Oh, so, okay. like, I just didn't see a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think I found out that she was doing this, like, a week after she um announced it mm. but i think that's to me i'm like this should get more attention than it is getting yeah. <laughs> so i just like i really i was like she's my share for this week because duh uh-huh. just duh Taj yeah. Hansen. Duh. Um, <laughs> but De'Aaron, do you have anything that you'd like to plug anything else you want to highlight um no, i i just feel it's amazing because um i really 
uh, admire these celebrities who are using, I mean, who are exercising their influence um, there as, you know, um, the utmost positive mm-hmm. impact to the mm-hmm. society. So mm-hmm. I think it's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, Yaren. Thank you so much for joining me Thank today. you for having me. Yes, this was fun. I'm so glad that when I accosted you in our office and I was like, Yaren, come on the show, um, you said yes. I was worried because, you know, um, I've listened to several epi- like previous episodes mm-hmm. and they were amazing. Like they were women entre- entrepreneurs, like, mm-hmm. you know, but... What I was I was thinking like oh would I have anything to share with everybody else? Oh. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Evelyn, <laughs> no, no, you're great. Like you're totally great. I think all our stories are incredibly important to hear, mm-hmm. and I loved hearing yours mm-hmm. and getting to know you a little bit more. Yeah, thank um, you. So this is great. Thank you everybody for thank listening. You. This was awesome. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pretty Face Lady Three. If you would like to like us on Facebook, which you should like us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. Um, And if you'd also like to email us because you have questions, comments, concerns, you want to come on the show, you know somebody else that would be fabulous to come on the show, um, or you want to sponsor the show because it's hard out here. We try to sell out. Please email us at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.